KXRN LP. Laguna Niguel, Laguna Beach. Member supported KXFM on 104.7. KXFMRadio.org. This disclaimer is a statement notifying listening audiences that any opinions expressed on our shows are not representative of Laguna Radio Inc., its management, or its board of directors. Hi, this is KXFM meteorologist Dave Murray. We say goodbye to September today, hello to October tomorrow. And it's not a very pleasant weekend weather-wise. Lots of clouds. It's cool, breezy, a couple of rain showers possible from time to time. 65 for the high temperature. There's this big dip in the jet stream with a low pressure almost right over us. And it's going to dominate today, tonight, and at least part of Sunday. Tonight, clouds, a couple of rain showers. This is not a lot of rain, but don't be surprised if you see a couple of showers. It's chilly overnight, 58. On Sunday, clouds, a couple of showers around in the morning. Hopefully some sun peeking out on Sunday afternoon, but it stays cool, 65 degrees. Monday, sunny and 69. We have a warming trend with a weak Santa Ana trying to develop for next week. Tuesday, 72 degrees. Wednesday and Thursday, about 75. It's not a real hot, windy Santa Ana, but at least we get some warmth in here with more sunshine. That's my forecast. I'm meteorologist Dave Murray for KXFM. Laguna Beach. Hello, this is Craig at KXFM 104.7 Human Crafted Radio. I'm here every Saturday at 9 a.m. with Rainbow Radio, where we discuss the latest news on LGBTQ interests and discuss on this day in history. Every week I have a special guest and we have interviews. Again, Rainbow Radio, Craig, every Saturday.
music in you One dance left, this world is gonna pull through We give the music in you craig kxfm 104.7 rainbow radio here we should expect a few rainbows today with uh, the uh, showers that we're having so we better keep our eyes open it's it's a message it's a message of goodness it is uh it's an unusual weather day here as you heard from the weatherman early this morning and uh i it's it's to me you look out and you see these white I don't know, and and strong clouds out there, they're just like it's cleansing. It's cleansing our world and making it a better place. That's what, that's what I think. And uh, so this afternoon, it's supposed to be uh, sunny and clearing and um, a good day to be outdoors, as I will be myself at an event in, uh, uh, oh, in- inland a little ways. Uh, I'll actually be working, but that'll be fun. So... Anyway, uh, not much to, well, there's been a lot of news to report lately I, with what's going on and everything. So today's, uh, is it today, tonight, the government shutting down, supposedly. Um, and then um, for those of you who are of a certain age, um, we uh, lost Diana Feinstein. And uh, I remember, well, her 
life and career because I was, I don't know, I, it's, it's heartbreaking. Um, every time they revisit her announcement of the assassination of Harvey Milk and um, the mayor, George Moscone, or Moscone, as some people say, I don't know, Moscone, um, it's just, I, I choke up. I can't, uh, but it, it, um, she went into the fire and, uh, was a very strong proponent of many things good. At first she was not supportive of, uh, gay marriage, but then she had a change of heart, much like a lot of people and understandably so, but, uh, I, it prompted me to revisit a few things. If you're a youngster and you're not sure who Harvey Milk was, he, in his own words, he says, I'm just an ordinary person, and I, and I just want to try and make it, the world a better place for ordinary people. And I thought, well, that's, that's kind of cool. But uh, during uh, the 70s, 78 and 70, 79, I think, was when uh, the uh, incident happened. And uh, I, I was um, spending quite a bit of time in the Bay Area for work. I had a corporate job with a hotel chain, hotel group. And so I remember that culture and, and remember Castro Street thriving and, and vibrant. And, and it was a whole new day, a whole new world uh, of discovery out there. And Harvey had his Photoshop on uh, Castro Street. I don't remember if I ever went in there. I don't really remember the Photoshop, but I do remember. Uh, I'm really dating myself. <laughs> Sorry, as I wax on about about. Anyway, I, I, I'll pull back on that one. Uh, it was a it was a sad this week because it it brought up all the uh, things that have gone before us. And if you're if you're not familiar with Harvey Milk, uh, Sean Penn. Uh, was uh, portrayed him in a movie, and he was brutally just murdered in his office as a city councilman. But that's not to say anything less of the mayor of a major city brutally murdered in his office. Um, and uh, the perpetrator, Dan White, um, you know, shot him first, and then when he fell down, shot both of them again twice in the head, just to be certain, you know, I mean... Isn't that no? So I shouldn't go on. It's too early in the morning for that. Anyway, I. Anyway, it's uh, this whole uh, Diana's uh, departure provoked a lot of thoughts in me, and um, so anyway, uh, let's pay a little tribute to Diana this morning. Uh, I. Um, I don't know how many of you out there have uh, incidents in high school that are quite memorable. I know. I guess that's kind of a given. But uh, or that at the time, perhaps you didn't understand the significance, but then later you, 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 you put it away in your memory bank. I don't know about you, but things happen in your life, and sometimes you're not sure, quite sure what it's really all about. But somehow, intuitively, you know that it's something you should pay attention to and, and put in your memory bank, because someday you might want to re-examine it. Well, that was a case in, for me. When I was in high school, uh, my uh, high school teacher in English uh, read an article from an author, and uh, it was actually published in Playboy magazine, but certainly a teacher could not uh, talk about Playboy magazine. 
in class in in high school. Uh, that was a, a no no. But she read the article and gave no uh, reference to where it was published. But we all knew. I mean, I mean, really. <laughs> so, I wish I remember that teacher's name. She was very. Um, a lot of teachers are wonderful for the most part. Um. Anyway, it's uh the person that was interviewed is Marshall McLuhan, and his message was, the medium is the message. And uh, he foresaw the internet, the World Wide Web, and this was in uh, the 60s, before it was even a thing, before it was even around. And, uh, I mean, we barely had, uh, email was not around, none of that was around, uh, Cellular phones was something that, um, you know, were very rare, uh, very rare. There was not, uh, in in 69, you had uh, ground, regular ground phone lines, and um, you had rotary dials. And if you don't know what rotary dial is, look it up. <laughs> it's an, And then they were exploring touch-tone phones. Uh, oh, my. So, anyway, he was very... Um, forward thinking and wrote a book called the medium is the message and the medium being like social media medium medium can be art medium can be many things medium can be news whatever and um he but he coined the phrase that we should be paying more attention to the medium than necessarily the message because what it's what it's going to do to our world is is to change a lot of things and um, why do I bring him up? Because I have a, a new perspective I want to share with everyone that I feel about what's going on in the world with regard to uh, the medium and the message. And I'll make it short because I could wax on forever. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we, I think it's, it's pretty much, um, pretty much accepted. I have to say that like that, I guess, that, um, we all think that there is just rampant corruption like there's never been before. And uh, what are we going to do? And we're kind of paralyzed, I feel. Our our Congress is paralyzed. Our um, We're polarized and paralyzed at the same time. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. The PPs, polarized, politicized, three Ps, politicized, polarized, and paralyzed. And, I, and what's happened, what's different between 20 or 30 years ago and what's happening now? And I um, suggest that a lot of what we see now that's visible now was, is visible, has been going on for decades. The real substantial difference is that we can see it. We can see it. Like never before. Think along this about messages, the medium. Think about Richard Nixon. Okay, I mean he. Uh, <laughs> what undid him? It was the medium. It was tape recordings. It got him. Got him good. Now, probably presidents before him said a lot of things and did a lot of things in a similar manner as uh, Tricky Dick. But it wasn't recorded. That makes a big difference. That visibility was was uh, his undoing. Um, think about Rodney King when um, he was filmed uh, being drugged from a uh, 
being beaten and caused the L.A. riots because it was on the news media, and all of a sudden we had live news media. And now, more recently, think about uh, Black Lives Matter and cell phones. And now, think now that... <laughs> When you make a speech 20, uh, uh, 50, or, uh, say 50 or 75 years ago, it might get buried and no one would ever remember it. But now you make a speech, it's recorded, it's documented, it's filed, it's cataloged, <laughs> and it will come back to bite you uh, because it's so much more visible. And everyone has a cell phone. We can record, we can present, we can indict, we can... and. So what am I saying? I'm saying that, one, first of all, the corruption and the, and the disservice and the less than honorable behavior uh, is much more visible than it's been in the past. And does that mean that we're in a worse spot? Not necessarily. It just means we can see it. Uh, and then which I think is, is a substantial part of, of what is happening. And then uh, also what Marshall McLuhan said is that the media can be used to essentially polarize, which is what he said. And, and uh, you know, that's, that's a hazard. I think the public is in its infancy in really understanding social media. Um, we're in our infancy in understanding that a lot of FUD and a lot of untruths are out there. We're in our infancy and understanding about um, what is on, what is truthful, what we can believe, and what uh, is just unbelievable. And the motives, the incentives and motives behind certain media FUD that's out there. Um, I think that's what's happening with the electric automobile. I think. Well, this is here's a, here's an example. I feel more people want to buy an electric automobile, not necessarily to save the planet, but they don't want to be um, married to or chained to buying gas at five or six dollars a gallon that they have no control over. Uh, you could have your solar panels and you could have your car charge every night and pay nothing and have that independence. And I think that is a strong motivation for a lot of people to have that uh, be part, of, be the situation, and less about um, less about uh, fossil fuels. Uh, certainly, it, that is very important and very important to me. I feel, but I, I feel uh, that part of the uh, automobile is too easily dismissed. Boy, am I all over the place here, but. Um, back to uh, Marshall McClellan and, and his uh, view of the world. It's worth uh, Googling him. Uh, he had, I, I, went to, I went to Wikipedia. It's, it's only 72 pages long uh, information about him. He's a Canadian. Um, uh, let me just read one little paragraph about him. Uh, this is my tidbit for today on this Saturday morning. And while it's a bit raining and we can be a little introspective oh and also with what's happening in the visibility and, and being paralyzed and politicized and um what was the other p i forget um i think covid uh took a step 
I took a pause. There's another P. <laughs> and I think through that process, a lot of people reevaluated re what they're doing with their lives and charging forward, not necessarily uh, with a plan, but just charging forward. And I feel like there's so many people have realized, and particularly I think the youngest generation has realized that they don't subscribe to the old standards of the old model of you've got to have a 30 uh, a thirty year car payment and spend eighty thousand dollars on an SUV or a one point five million dollar starter home. Uh, no, they want to have a tiny home. Uh, they want to have an affordable uh, lifestyle, and they want to be able to go to Japan and and ski or maybe explore the castles of Europe, as I like to say. But the world is a lot more interesting to experience when you have that mobility or just the mobility across the United States. And I think what I see is a very young generation that appreciates that. And I also see a very older generation that appreciates that. And it's kind of interesting that it's the, it's the youngest and the oldest. And the oldest are kind of like, what's important, you know? And they realize at that age that what is really important is not necessarily having all these toys and all this stuff, but having a life that's full of invaluable things as relationships and friends and experiences. And I think the, the youngest generation feels likewise. They don't subscribe to the old model. And um, back to Marshall McLuhan and, and his message as the medium – we get so mixed up with what's going on and what is right, and so many, so much misinformation is put out there. I do strongly feel that uh, what's happening with the automobile and electricity, which has been around for a long time, <laughs> is, uh, is very disruptive. And there's a lot of interests, political, financial, lobbyists, that I think they should outlaw lobbyists. They all should be thrown in jail. I do think that I do think that some of our politicians rely on some level of education from lobbyists, but not lobbyists that has provide education that is slanted or incomplete or or unfairly represents what's actually going on. They should do their own research um, rather than rely on their lobbyists. But I digress. Um, so the message is the medium, or the medium is the message. Um, Marshall McLuhan uh, is the phrase coined by Canadian communications uh, theorist, theorist, theorist Marshall McLuhan and the name of his first chapter in his Understanding Media and the Extensions of Man. It's published in 1964. Boy, was he ahead of his time. McLuhan proposes that communication medium itself, not the message it carries, should be the primary focus of study. He showed that artifacts such as media affects any society by their characteristics or content. So, um, it goes on. He was born in, uh, he's a Canadian, a Canuck. He's born, he uh, died in 1980. At the age of 69, he's born in 1911, was a Canadian philosopher whose work is among the cornerstones of study of the media theory. He studied at the University of Manitoba and the University of Cambridge. 
he began teaching career as professor of English at several universities in the United States and Canada before moving to the University of Toronto in 1946, where he remained for the rest of his life. Uh, he coined the expression, the medium is the message, in the first chapter. Yes, okay, 30 years before it was in... Oh, and he, he predicted that the World Wide Web, almost 30 years before was invented... He was a fixture in media discourse in the late 1960s, though his influence began to wane in the early 70s. In the years that followed his death, he continued to be a controversial figure in academic circles. However, <laughs> with the arrival of the Internet and the World Wide Web, interest was renewed in his work, in his work and his perspectives. So that's my message. Uh, we're much more visible and so what I, I guess the bottom line is I'm trying to say here, we, we sh what if the world is really in a better place than it's ever been? What if it is there, but we, so many of the things that are unpleasant are so visible, so many of the things that are unfair or cruel or mean are visible, so much more than before with media, that we feel like it's not the best time, the best of times. I propose that maybe it is the best of times. And all this visibility has kind of paralyzed us. And I think of, I think of a movie with Peter Sellers being there. You know, he was Chauncey Gardner. <laughs> and, and he said in the, he said his wife's words were like, in the fall, the trees lose their leaves. In the spring, the flowers bloom. And so they interpret it as that it's, it's a natural process, you know. I think it is a natural process. He was just, we have to see the movie being there. It's, it's very it's very interesting perspective. But anyway, I digress. I think that um, perhaps the world is a better place than we realize. And, and we are somewhat uh, paralyzed uh, by so much of this media that what is the right thing to do? Well, maybe the right thing to do is just to be friendly, just to uh, say hello to one another. Um, go to uh, volunteer to do something good for the community. Um, it's very rewarding. <laughs> Trust me, it's very rewarding. And that, and maybe have some hold some hope that the world is a better place, and we're somewhat paralyzed. And, and as we go through this process of, of these changes, that we will prevail. We will um, see a path forward, and a good one. And a good one that brings uh, health, wealth, and happiness. That Not that wealth is that important. The happiness part <laughs> is the most important part. But So that's my message of today. Uh, do not despair. But maybe act locally and, and do some things that are good for you and good for your neighbor. Um, mow your neighbor's lawn. What the heck? <laughs> Surprise them. Buy some flowers today. Give some flowers to someone today. I think that's what someone should do. Yeah, send me some flowers. <laughs> no, that's not good. Anyway, this is Craig with his morning thoughtful message on KXFM 104.7. Uh, and we're going to take a short music break, and I'll be right back. Thanks for tuning in, and see you on the other side of this.
David Archuleta and uh, come and get it. I'm looking for a rainbow. Boy, there's some interesting clouds out there. Um, there is an event today <clears throat> that I need to announce. And uh, it, don't worry, it, the, <laughs> the clouds are supposed, it's supposed to be non-rainy this afternoon. So, uh, but it's a concert and picnic 
As you may be aware or may not, uh, South Laguna Community Garden Park uh, was negotiating good faith to spend $2 million and purchase the property so that the park could last as a community park for Laguna in perpetuity. However, there was a few snags in that um, purchase process, and so it's kind of um, kind of in limbo. And you can probably learn all about it today if you're so interested, but they need your support and um, maybe just an, <laughs> an ear to listen to. But uh, that is the South Laguna Community Garden Park, and it's this afternoon, and there's a concert and picnic in the park. It's from 2 p.m. to sunset. There'll be live music and South Laguna uh, bands, garden band. <laughs> Cabaret performers are Charlene Minault and Francis Dean. It says, please bring, uh, bring picnic and chairs. Bring picnic and chairs. So um, I suppose that means <laughs> bring your picnic basket full of food and your chairs to be comfortable and enjoy the, the park and the entertainment. So that, that is at 2 p.m. today, so you have time to uh, get ready for it. It's only 9.34 this morning, and uh, it's in South Laguna. Where is it? Um, hmm. It's near West Street, uh, where it intersects uh, PCH. I, I, I don't know. You can hardly miss it, let's just say. And it's on the inland side of PCH. Uh, and it's very visible. So that's South Laguna near uh, West Street Beach and West Street. And uh, uh, bring your picnic and your chairs at 2 p.m. today. Today and today only. So let's get on to, on this day in history, how about that? Let's try that real quick. Let's make this a um, our, our history lesson for the week. September 30th, as in today, last day of September. Ooh, October and Halloween's coming up. Oh, my. Mm-mm-mm. Fall colors and everything. In 1983, New York State sues the West 12th Street Co-op for trying to ev to evict Dr. Joseph Sonnabin for treating AIDS patients. <laughs> he later receives $10,000 and a new lease. Wow. Times have changed. In 1985... A three-judge panel, United States Court of, Appeal, of Appeals for the Ninth, Cur Ninth Circuit, in a two-to-one opinion written by Anthony Kennedy, affirms, in the case of Adams and Howerton, that an Immigration and Naturalization Service did not abuse its authority when it refused to recognize the marriage of Australian Anthony Sullivan and Richard Adams under a license in in issued by Boulder County, Colorado in 1975. For purposes of Sullivan's, Sullivan's immigration, the couple leave the United States but eventually return with Sullivan living as an illegal alien. And that was in 85. Times have changed. That doesn't happen anymore. In 1986, early results show that AZT can slow down progress of HIV, which really was kind of a false, false hope, unfortunately. Jubilation breaks out prematurely after six years of having nothing to do for the people but to hold their hands and watch them die 
I got my patients on it ASAP, recalls Dr. Howard Grossman. We didn't know that AZT on its own is only good for six months before resistance sets in. And in 2004, the proposed Federal Marriage Amendment Acts, Act Amendment fails to pass the United States House of Representatives with a vote of 227 to 186 on House Joint Resolution 186. Uh, and in 2008, Ecuador legalizes same-sex civil unions with the passage of its new constitution. So there you have it. That's on this day in history for today. And I'm going to leave it at today. <laughs> so I have uh, a lot of news across the nation. Um, one I'm particularly um, interested in is in Greece. <laughs> I go all over the all over the world. Yes, um, uh, Stefanos Kasalakis wants to become Greece's first openly LGBTQ prime minister, and he is a handsome man. <laughs> Greek uh, American entrepreneur Stefano Kasalakis. Has become uh, the leader of Greece's opposition left-wing party, and has his sights on becoming the country's first openly LGBTQ prime minister. Thirty-five-year-old hmm. former uh, Goldman Sachs trader and shipping executive was elected leader of Syriza on Sunday, September 24th, despite having no previous experience uh, of being an MP and. Obli, uh, obli announcing his bid to run from political obscurity on a social media on social media last month. Al Jazeera reported. Al Jazeera's reported. He replaced former Prime Minister uh, Alexis Tsipras, who resigned after leader of the party in June. <coughs> hmm. All right, so that's cool. Uh, let's see. Let's, let's have some news in, in the United States. Um, let's see. Attendees of a march against LGBT education don't represent all Muslims, says a professor. Mm-hmm. Well, this is in uh, Canada and uh, the U.S., I guess. Some of the protesters um, at this week's march against LGBTQ inclusive education in Halifax. Uh, they don't want it in the education. They don't want their kids to know about it. Yeah, turn away. Uh, we're noted to be uh, wearing visible signs of their Muslim faith. But Saeed Adman Anan Hussein an associate professor of religion at St. Mary's University says objecting to LGBTQ rights has little to do with core Islamic beliefs. He says there is no explicit condemnation of homosexuality um, in the Quran. I, now, see, that's something, I, an argument I've never heard. No explicit, let me read that again. No explicit condemnation of homosexuality in the Quran. 
He worries that many uh, decided to participate based on rampant misinformation instead. There's that misinformation popping up everywhere. I think there is a tendency to say Islam rejects X, Y, and Z, but does not, but it does not, Hussein said. The march took place in Halifax and cities across the country on Wednesday and was organized by uh, a socially conservative group called One Million March for Children. Oh, yes, that's this, not have those homosexuals, say anything about homosexuals because of bad for them children. Uh, sexual preference. Let's just say sexual preference is bad for children. Hmm. That's what, you've you got to treat it fairly, huh? So you shouldn't, uh, I won't go there. The group doesn't want <laughs> uh, gender identity issues taught or discussed in schools. So they're trying to do what they're trying to do in Florida, I, I would say, in, in Canada. Um, let's see, what else we have here? Turkey, Turkey targets LGBTQ community as Erdogan touts family values i don't i don't get it you know i didn't think that gays were against family values but i guess someone says they are as the turkish government has stepped up to it up its pledges to protect family values members of the lgbtq community um in the in the country say they increasingly feel targeted during his United Nations General Assembly speech in New York, Turkish President Recep Tayyip, <laughs> Tayyip, that's what it is, Erdogan, argued that the institution of the family was under attack. Defending family and the institution of family means defending the future of all humanity. Mm-hmm. I still don't get the, I didn't get the memo where the LGBTQ community doesn't believe in family. Hmm. Erdogan said a Tuesday, I call on all our friends to display sensitivity in protecting the family institution. Having long, ex long expressed conservative Muslim views of society, Erdogan insists that marriage can be sanctioned only between a man and a woman has, and has encouraged women to have multiple children to build the nation. And there you have it. That's Turkey. Um, and actually I have a, for the first time I have an opinion, not in my opinion, someone else's opinion. <laughs> and then on, uh, on to Asia and Malaysia, <clears throat> they've decided that no harassment of LG of the LGBTQ community will be allowed, but they're not going to give them any benefits, but they're not going to let them to be, uh, harassed, which is a good step. The government will, uh, not condone excessive action or harassment against those who are lesbian, gay, bisexual, or transgender, says Prime Minister Datuk Sari Anwar Ibrahim. Abraham. These names. Why can't they have something like Fred Smith? However, he added to the interview with CNN's Christine Amanapur in New York on Saturday, September 23rd, that Malaysia will never recognize LGBTQ rights. Muslims and non-Muslims alike are a consensus. Oh, there is a consensus. They do not accept this. Open public displays of LGBTQ, but we do go on, go and 
and then go on and harass them, that is a different subject. I do not approve of any attempt to harass. So we don't accept you. We don't like you. We don't believe in you. We don't want to give you any special, not, we don't think special, we want to give you any, assure you any equal rights, but we don't want you harassed. So uh, it's, uh, it's a partial victory. <laughs> you know, uh, oh well. Um, and now on to Poland. Now, Poland has um, had some very anti-gay things, but this one, I think, is, is in the other direction. Poland, Donald Tusk, <laughs> promises new laws for victimized LGBT community in Poland. During a meeting in the north, northern town of Pia, Tusk, said that his party has two bills prepared that would benefit LGBTQ Poles, um, Polish people. Uh, ones that make it easier for trans people in Poland to self-identify and a second to legally recognize same-sex civil partnerships. Why don't they have recognize civil marriages? That's, there's a big, huge difference in that. Uh, the civil platform... Uh, leader, parliamentary leader's declaration came after a secondary school senior asked the opposition leader, what future do you intend to build with your party and coalition partners for people who identify with the acronym LGBT plus Q, whatever. The student added that Poland's current government dehumanizes these people. The National Conservative Law and the Justice Party which is currently in power, has waged harsh campaigns against the LGBT community, like I said, in Poland. And um, they had, they had, Poland had gay-free zones. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, anyway, so he promised two new laws. And I guess that's a good step in the right direction. Let's, let's praise that. Praise, uh, yeah, pray, let's praise that. I don't know. Um, in uh, <laughs> in Asia, uh, an appellate appellate court bans gay book again after government appeal. The court of appeals uh, on Monday, September twenty fifth, reimposed a ban on the twenty thirteen publication titled "Gay Is Okay." They don't want to say that gay is okay. A Christian perspective. That was ordered by the Home Ministry in 2020 after the High Court held on February 22nd in 2022 lifted the prohibition on the book. The followers, a majority two to one decision that allowed the federal government uh, and Home Ministers appeal against the court decision. So, got nice, got smacked back down. Can't have those uh, gay as uh, gay as okay in. All right, back to let's get back to California. After all, Gavin Newsom signs bills to bolster protection for LGBTQ people. All right. Uh, California Governor Gavin Newsom signed several bills over the weekend aimed at bolstering the state's protections for LGBTQ people after issuing a controversial veto that was criticized by advocates. The new law includes legislation that focuses on support for LGBTQ youth. One law sets timelines for, uh, required for community competency training for public school teachers and staff. 
Another creates an advisory task force to determine the needs of LGBTQ students and help advance supportive initiatives. Wow. While other, think uh, in other locations in the states, how much, how different that is. A third requires families to show that they can and are willing to meet the needs of the child in foster care, regardless of their sexual orientation or gender identity. California is proud to have some of the most robust laws in the nation when it comes to protecting and supporting the LGBTQ plus community, and we're committed to the ongoing work to create safer, more inclusive spaces for all Californians, Newsom said in a statement on Saturday. These measures will help protect vulnerable youth, promote acceptance, and create more supportive environment in our schools and communities. So that's good news right here at home. See, it's not all bad news. It's not all. Uh, now, now I'm looking at the rest of the news reports. No, can't do that. That's, that's bad. That's bad. No, that's good. Oh, France vows a firm response to homophobic chants at the at the football match at the Ligue L I G U E. I don't know how you pronounce that. Ligue one football match. Hmm. During Sunday's match between bitter rivals Paris Saint Germain and Marsala groups, the fans chanted lines such as "Marcel or faggots." And we will hang them by the balls. But sadly, they don't have any. Wow. (laughs) The chance, which did not appear targeted at individual players or fans, went on for close to 15 minutes. According to the AFP reporter at the Paris side's home stadium, it is impossible to the deaf to be deaf to such a hateful homophobic chance in our stands, said Sports Minister Emil Castera uh, on uh, X, formerly called Twitter. Oh, my. I hope there's a firm response. Or, is, or does he just put that out there and think, and the response never happens. Oh, my, my, my. <laughs> um... Counter to what's going on into Africa, here's some good news. Um, there's a, a lot going on in Africa with, um, as I've reported on before, we export a lot of uh, conservative religious rhetoric to Africa. And it's, uh, I think, provoked a lot of anti-gay um, uh, responses in government and policymaking and, and hate and all that stuff. But there's a counter to that. There are a lot of, uh, according to this article, queer films in Africa are rising and they're showing positive uh, representation in the films. You know, we have to admit, we're close to Hollywood. We know what the influence of movies has on our culture and changing minds. And there was a time where the LGBTQ community was uh, not greatly represent not very well represented in the, the movie industry in fact uh if it, what they were referred to it was in innuendo and kind of you had to read between the lines to see it and if you did see it they too often it was a tragic ending they could be gay but they had to have a, a tragic life or a, an 
you know, it wasn't the best representation. But that's changed a lot. And I think movies like Brokeback Mountain, which is uh, a big a big one to change that. And a lot of movies since then um, have changed a lot of attitudes. And so my hope, my optimism is that in Africa, that the film industry has some inroads to making Africa more welcoming and uh, tolerant. I hate to say that tolerant. Why should you have to be tolerant? You should be uh, understanding, that's a better word, I suppose, um, of the culture and uh, make it a better life for a lot of, for millions of people living on that continent. So that's my hope. Um, uh, a recent book, Queer Bodies in African Films, studies the growing of LGBTQ output from the filmmakers around the continent, from Morocco to South Africa. In the process, it analyzes what queerness is and means within the context of African countries. Its author, Gibson Nukub, is a lecturer and a scholar who focuses on uh, his research on queerness in African cultural productions. From, feet, from literature to films, uh, we ask him a few questions. Is there a growing queer representation in films from African countries? Yes, the latest, the last decade has seen a proliferation of these films. Nigeria's uh, Nollywood, they have a Nollywood as opposed to Hollywood. Nigeria's Nollywood has produced a considerable body of films portraying queer uh, lived experiences. Although most uh, of these experiences remain largely um, formulaic and moralistic, in other words, they prescribe to a certain message that's accepted and uh, not necessarily the best. They have been there have been films like the in twenty twenty lesbian love story, uh, life which offers a positive image of queerness in Nigeria. So it's going on. It's not all the represent. He's saying not all the representation is good, but it's present, so that helps. And then um, I suppose, and then uh, there's some good press. So, mm -hmm. oh, here's a good one. <laughs> How much time do I have left? Oh, I'm about out of time. Gosh, what happened? Uh, a U.S. judge throws out a Texas ban on drag acts and calls it unconstitutional in Texas. <laughs> I get excited. Uh, on September 26th, Reuters reports, a federal judge in Texas ruled on Tuesday that the state's new law limiting public drag performances was an unconstitutional restriction on speech and he permanently forbid enforcement of it. Wow, not all people like it or condone certain performances, U.S. District Judge David Hitner. Thank you, Hitner wrote. This is no different than a person's opinion on certain comedy or genres of music, but that alone does not strip First Amendment protection. More than a dozen states have sought to restrict drag shows over the last year, with Texas one of the least last four to pass restrictions into law, part of a broader Republican efforts to regulate the behavior of LGBTQ people. Hitner ruled that the Texas law was discriminatory and improperly vague. 
He said drag performances were not inherently obscene and, <laughs> and were the sort of expressive speech protected by the U.S. Constitution's First Amendment. Yay! Yay, David, Judge David Hitner. <laughs> How about that? So I should say that um, South Laguna has a park, a garden park, and they have a concert and a picnic in the park. That is today at 2 p.m. to sunset. Uh, they have um, Cabernet, Cabernet. They probably have Cabernet. Someone will have Cabernet. No. Cabaret performances. Charlene Minault and Francis Dean will be performing. Uh, bring your picnic and bring your chairs and enjoy the uh, entertainment. And while you're there, you can enjoy the garden. It's um, the community, I guess, center point now in South Laguna, uh, especially for um, social socialization. Socialization, yeah, with your Cabernet. <laughs> but I digress. Boy, do I digress. <laughs> anyway, uh, what do we have going? Oh, I, yeah. Um, it's time for me to, to wrap it up. I hate to say it. Um, I don't have any more news. I will be back next. I could extend this, but I have a, a commitment Oh, today, um, Ida May will not be here, and she said, she said I could, <laughs> I could take some of her time. Unfortunately, I I don't have time to take her time. Um, unfortunately, but next Saturday I will. I will probably have a two-hour show, and maybe I'll have a guest. But um, let me remind everyone: uh, if you have a song a request, if you have a guest request or you have a request for a topic of discussion um please craig at rainbow-radio.org craig at rainbow-radio.org or go to rainbow-radio.org website and leave a comment and i promise you i will respond to your comments so with that, having said that, have a wonderful Saturday morning. Uh, if you see a rainbow, take a picture. <laughs> Send it to me. I want to know. We want to know. Here we go out with Troy Savon.